You're listening to The Drew Marshall Show, Canada's most listened to spiritual talkback program. Amy Grant was born in Augusta, Georgia, the youngest of four daughters to Dr. Burton Payne Grant and his wife Gloria. She recorded her first album, a Christian album called Amy Grant in 1977, which has sold over a million copies since. And then in 1991, she released the album Heart in Motion. The song Baby Baby went to number one on the charts for weeks. The album eventually sold over four million copies in the United States alone, and she has won five Grammy Awards sold over 22 million albums and she was chosen by People Magazine as one of the 50 most beautiful people in the world and uh, that part I would totally agree with. Amy Grant, thank you for joining us on the show today. Hey Drew, thank you. That's kind of a big intro, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) That was born in a log cabin. (laughs) They don't usually go that far back. You're probably sick of being interviewed about your career and uh, and if you're anything like me, you love talking about your kids. So let's can we talk about our kids? Sure, yeah. In fact, we just got back from spring break, and uh, I, I took four teenagers and one five-year-old skiing. <laughs> okay, so you're you're nuts then. <laughs> was, you know what? Believe it or not, it was it was a pretty calm trip. Really? Yeah, it was it was actually a lot of fun. And you know, you just have to sort of in anything with family, it's all about expectation adjustment. Expectation adjustment. I like that phrase. That's yep, good. Yep. I think you should write a book about that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We'll just, uh, you know, survival is always top rung on the ladder there. So, <laughs> well, uh, my oldest is 17 years old, a big boy, six five, and our daughter Jessica, otherwise known as the Goose, she's uh, 13 years old. What about you, your kids, uh, Matt? How old is he now these days? Uh, Matt is 18. 18. Yeah, and I have a stepdaughter Jenny who's 23. She lives just a couple of miles from us. So 23, 18. I have a daughter Millie, 16. Sarah's 13, and Karina's five. Now, has Matt nailed uh, Blackbird on his guitar yet? Uh, you know, he nailed it in one day. Did he really? He is so proficient musically, but he, that's not really what he wants to do. Really, all of life is about socializing right now. <laughs> <laughs> socializing and working out. He's a, a big, you know, he's a, a YMCA kid. Got so. it. Now, Millie uh, and Sarah? Millie dances competitively, and uh, they download a lot of music. And they're big listeners, but nobody right now except Jenny is really actively pursuing singing. One of them was in a choir, though, right? What, that's right. Sarah was in an honors choir, and uh, she tried out this year and didn't make it. And I said, look, you know, it just depends on how good the coffee was the morning the judge judged your tape. <laughs> you know, <laughs> a 
life is all about hit or miss. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, of course, in uh, 2000, you married Vince Gill. Uh, I yes. think you just, if I got this right, you just celebrated your sixth anniversary. We, Yes, we did. Congratulations. Thank you. Best six years of my life. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. And then uh, a year and two days later, when you were 40, you and Vince had a little baby girl. That's right. Karina Grant Gill. And um, she is just wild and energetic and forces me to work out every day so I can keep up with her. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, yeah. She, she'll be the one to just, you know, we'll all be buying tickets to her show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've got a daughter like that as well. Oh, yeah. Is uh, is her hamster Rainbow still going strong? Or has he kind of gone to meet the maker? Rainbow um, went to meet the maker. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Yes. She's crying. You, you either take great notes or you have an amazing memory. <laughs> well, I bet you any amount of money, you'll be coming back to you. Ooh, I know there ain't no doubt about it. Sometimes life is funny. You think you're about you okay. uh, because apparently that's the idea here uh, you love to cook you love to golf I you know I kind of um, my experience in life is to enjoy serial passions because there's not enough time to maintain full strength something that you love when you have a lot of time commitments right so I would have to say that golf was my serial passion for a few years and now that I've gotten a little distance on it, I, I really think a lot of that probably was because I was just desperately stalking Vince, even though I love golf. Um, but my next serial passion was biking. Um, you know, if you spend much time on the road, because you work at night, it's it's very convenient to have a daytime passion. Right. And so um, for a couple of years, I didn't go anywhere without a bike. Um, but then this last year, my real passion has been horseback riding. Oh, good. And um, nothing fancy, you know. I'm just a little, you know, monkey that just hangs on. And um, but you know, it, just anything outdoors. Um, and then and then in, with the bad weather here in Nashville, I started taking a painting class. And it's very interesting because I thought about all the people who 
who sing, who also paint. Oh, Joni Mitchell probably is the most famous, but Tony Bennett. Hmm. Um, I know that. Um, oh gosh, who am I thinking of? She worked hard for her money. Donna, Donna. Who is this? Is that Donna Summer? Thank you. Yeah, she's she's had art shows all over the country, and so I thought, well, you know, I wonder what part of the brain this connects to, and so I started a watercolor class with a good friend of mine, and it has been a blast. Really? Yeah, and it's like the the one three hour period in a week where I feel like I just go and do something, you know, for my own creative juices. But that's my latest serial passion, and I took my paints and colors and crayons and uh, art pencils on our trip to skiing, and, you know, life is short. You have to find a way to kind of wedge things in there that are meaningful, and especially if you have a lot of responsibility, because otherwise, you know, your days... And months and years can just be an endless to-do list, and you sort of go, hey, <laughs> what did I do with my life? <laughs> well, looking back on the 45 years? 45 years. Yeah. Are, are you in the zone now? Like, are you are you there? You know, I, uh, I guess the zones change constantly, you know. I, I've, it's my favorite decade so far. Um and then, and it, mostly because, I, I don't know how old you are, I think you're we're somewhere in the vicinity of each other because we've got oldest kids close to the same age. Uh-huh. But um, I think somehow being right in the middle of life, Lord willing, I'm in the middle, um, it, it's a great vantage point for gratitude, you know, because you're old enough to see all of the things that your parents did for you and your grandparents and great-grandparents. But enough of them have gone on that you realize you have to, you know, make the most of every day because there's no guarantee for tomorrow. So I like this zone. I can't say I'm wild about the aging part of it. (laughs) 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 You know, it's just so funny. Everything everything just, uh, you know, becomes what it becomes. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about your career for a little bit here. Um, first, thanks for the years of amazing tunes, that, and that's just I'm trying not to sound like a suck up. I really am serious about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, go ahead. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, when I think back to your early years, you know, you know, the funny thing. This is what comes to mind: the fact that you ruined the dating lives of so many of my buddies back in the day because there was no way that any of our girlfriends could ever live up to your standard. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, that, that's kind the of... The appearance of a standard, I, well, I that's, might add. That's, I understand. <laughs> I, I, now I get that, right? But I had this one friend named Phil Cerez, and he was the guy who uh, introduced me to your music. And he was totally, totally in love with you. It was pathetic. Loved like a road that never ends How it leads me back again To
Yeah. That's the first thing that comes to my mind. Uh, but but I'm, I am. I'm very thankful for, for God's gifting and for you being willing to, to follow that uh, leading or prompting, whatever you want to call it. What's around the corner for, uh, for Amy Grant? Well, um, in a couple of weeks, I'm filming a, I'm, uh, filming a couple of shows in Dallas, Texas. And um, to put out in the fall as a live concert DVD. I haven't done anything like that since the 80s, and I would redo it just to get rid of the clothes I had on in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> yes. um, oh, my goodness. But um, beyond that, you know, I don't know. Um, it's so funny. I I can't say that I have ever really looked at big chunks of life with what I felt like was a master agenda. Mm-hmm. I, if anything, I have... In a way, I sort of feel like I have lived my life like a milkweed in the wind a little bit. Hmm. But, you know, a time goes by and I look back and say, yeah, do I feel like I got blown in one direction or another? And I do, but I don't, you know, I don't really try to make plans way far out. So the the next, I think the next stretch of time is going to be, is very family intensive. These are really important years for my family, so I'm working a lot less. Good for you. But after that, gosh, it would just it'd be the greatest thing in the world to discover years from now that my best songwriting was ahead. That would be so exciting. Well, I think at at the risk of sounding again like another suck up comment, your your early years there there seemed to be a sort of a sheltered aspect to uh, to you. And now that you've lived a bit of life and there's been some hurt and pain and baggage and whatever else, I, I really do. I think that's that's when some of the best songwriting comes out. I think so too. Of course, I told Vince years ago, my, my closet fantasy has been someday to have a coffee house gig in the wine country, you know, or some maybe somewhere near Sonoma or, you know, something like that. So Beautiful. everybody, everybody have to be up and gone for that. Yeah. So may, maybe I'll be a painter by day and a, and a coffee house singer by night. Of course, Vince, who cut his teeth in bars, said, no, 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 no. <laughs> That's not the gig you want. <laughs> no, run away, run away. <laughs> Don't want a gig where no one's listening. <laughs> no. Well, I, I also wanted to thank you for uh, making me look like such an emotional wimp in front of my family on more than one occasion with uh, the whole three wishes thing. I mean, I, you know, sobbing on the couch, it's not a good scene for me. Oh, you know what? They loved you more for it. I, I hope so. You did. You, you became the big teddy bear. Yeah, well, man, that was that was something else. What's the, what's the future of... Of that whole thing. That, that was so good. I, you know what? Hold on. Let me just say, I couldn't think of a more perfect host for this show uh, than you. I mean, you have the genuine warmth, the transparency. You're you're one of those rare uh, sort of shtickless celebrities. And and with you being, you know, the mega star singer you are, but at the same time being willing to be vulnerable about your past and hurts and garbage and stuff, you are perfectly cast as host for that show. So, uh, Thank you. Ooh, that 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 might be one of my favorite compliments I've ever gotten. Stickless. <laughs> um, I loved doing that. That was I. I was so completely blown out of the water when they called me and offered me that job, and um, because I got it was just a combination of so many things I loved doing: free music in every town, which I've you know I mean it would be great if music could be free for everybody. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, having the deep pockets of NBC and all of our sponsors to do really great things for people. I, It was just like, it was contagious. 
it was a great experience. And honestly, I wish that it lasted longer. But um, but it didn't. It was just one season. And um, I still get letters with pe- for people saying, you know, here's my wish. And you know. sure. <laughs> and I, I, in fact, I wrote a letter back yesterday saying, I wish I could tell you we were still doing those, but we're not. Anyway, but it was great while it lasted. Will it come out on another station? I don't know. CMT is replaying, uh, is rerunning the whole um, season, but that they're just paying for the reruns. But right. that doesn't provide opportunities, you know, to go do more things. Um, I don't know. I guess my hope is. Uh, well, I saw an ad for the show on ABC, Miracles or Miracle Worker or something like that, and I right. thought, well, you know what? It's a great template for a show. And how fabulous that somebody picks it up and runs with it. And but I told the producers, Jason Raff and Andrew Glassman, I said if the team ever reconfigures somewhere, please count me in. And because we had, oh, we just had so much fun. These guys that put the show together, you know, they were ex-journalists. I don't I guess you're ever an ex-journalist, and they, I don't, they had such a great attitude about the whole thing you know the, the first show we filmed one of them came up and whispered in my ear don't tell the network but i would do this for free <laughs> and uh oh, which most of us kind of did That all started a year ago, and I wasn't looking for that when it came through, when that opportunity came through the door, and, you know, they're in the milkweed in the wind, so sometimes it kind of helps to not try to have your life all planned out, because then when something great blows your way, you're free to hop on board, so... Well, you know, uh, speaking of, of your garbage, uh, comes, <laughs> who was speaking of it? <laughs> well, I was. I said I kind of said it earlier, right? But, oh, okay. But, you know, and that because that's what made you a pretty good host in that whole thing. You know, you you gone through some stuff of your own, right? But look, I don't want to dwell on your past stuff, but I do want to apologize for all of the Christians who sat back and judged you, you know, during your career. And the reason I feel the need that I like I have to apologize for this is because I used to be one of those legalistic wound up anal retentive evangelical you know judgmental jerks who thought I knew best for Amy Grant you know uh-huh. I, I knew best for you in your life so sorry about that well that's kind of you to say that life's good teacher you know for all of us well I hope I hope Jackie Velasquez hasn't hasn't gone through the hell that you went through well I don't know but you know Everybody's life is a learning curve, and some are public and some are not, but it's it, it, it's all the same. Well, one of the ways I've described my show is through a quote from one of my favorite authors, uh, Mike Iaconelli. And he wrote a book called Messy Spirituality, and the quote that I often use is, Messy Spirituality is the Christianity most of us live, but few of us admit. And I think that's the very reason why I've tried to book you on our show. Wow. Because I, I think you get that now. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Right? Yep. And Mike was a good soul. Yeah, I, I, we're going to miss his uh, ministry big time. Yeah. As a result of your own messy spirituality, Amy, how, how has your spiritual journey changed over the years? I mean, what do you get now that you didn't get in the early super spiritual days? Oh, my goodness. Um, you know what I really... Um, uh, gratitude, the biggest thing. Gratitude? Yep. I just think when you're 
I think when you're young, you're so self-aware. You know, I remember one time my freshman year in college going through the lunch line at the cafeteria and dropping my tray and just thinking, well, I guess I'll have to eat somewhere else the rest of my college experience. (laughs) I'm too humiliated to come back in here. And, you know, I see it in my own teenagers that they're just so conscious of, I don't know what it is. You know, it's, it's, it's hard to relax when you feel like there's so much pressure to be or do something that you don't even have a grip on. And then, and then you get older and you live a lot of life and you read a verse in the Bible like, um, well, anything that has to do with being thankful it, 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 in everything, give thanks. Um, give thanks, give thanks. This is God's will for you. And I used to read verses like that, and I would think that, like that phrase, this is God's will for you, I assumed that the this was whatever I was in the middle of. Mm. And if it was really hard, I would go, how could this be your will? <laughs> this is too hard. And then I realized giving thanks is his will. And that it, that if you look at all of life as a gift, even the hard stuff. I was talking to a friend last night um, at a birthday party for one of our kids, and she's at the tail end of breast cancer treatment. And she said, you know, you just get enough life behind you and you realize even hard days are a gift. It's all a gift. And I guess that's the biggest lesson. You know, nobody ever said it would be easy. And and sometimes the hardest thing in life we bring on ourselves. But everything is for a better, bigger purpose. El Shaddai, El Shaddai. gratitude and you know from that firm place um, you can just have a much greater appreciation for your own life and the people in it and and being involved in other people's lives and I know this all sounds so sugary sweet no, I don't no no I get it I get but it anyway uh, you know what another thing is I like just living life more than talking about it and I know I've been just yammering on because you asked me to but I 
you know, I feel like I talk less about it, about what I think and and feel and just appreciate being. But you've always you've always had that tendency to, I think, uh, say less and just do it. I mean, you know, you've always been a woman of action. I think that's been my impression. Yeah, I just think it's always dangerous to say too much. <laughs> yeah. Better just keep your mouth shut and go about your business. Well, and the other thing I admire about you is your, you know, this resiliency and toughness. I mean, anyone who can last this long in the whole Nashville micromanagement, legalistic, everybody wanting a piece of you, everybody trying to mold you into a managing marketing tool for their bottom line thing. Oh. Like, how did you survive that? How did you survive Nashvilleitis? You know what? I got to tell you, I owe a huge debt of gratitude to my dad. And not because of anything business-wise, but because he was born with a particular kind of gene that is completely oblivious to other people's opinion. Hmm. And I got it straight from him. And, it, you know, that's all I can say. It, it Honestly, it does not occur to me, unless it's just pointed out and my nose shoved into it, what somebody else thinks or what somebody else said. I don't even, you know, I don't ever go on my own website. I don't feel compelled to read press. I don't, it's just, and I don't say that like, oh, isn't that cool? That I don't think, it, it honestly does not even occur to me. It doesn't even register. It doesn't register, and I, I, and I think I got it straight from him. things that I think have really made life easier for me in the public eye, and one would be that I can sleep anywhere, <laughs> um, you know, on a bus, in a plane, standing up, uh, and um, and I have real easy hair, um, <laughs> and the other I. is that I am oblivious <laughs> to what most people think. Oh, man. And those things, I don't know if those are spiritual gifts, but... <laughs> <laughs> they are today. <laughs> but they've sure helped. Well, look, speaking of Nashville, I'm heading out there next week for the GMAs. Oh, good. Uh, never been before. Don't think I'll ever probably want to go again. I went to the National Religious Broadcasters thing in Dallas a couple of weeks ago, and it right. was like the biggest gathering of hairspray and bad hair pieces I've ever seen oh. in my life. Well, let me tell you, Nashville's been freezing, so pack a sweater. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, okay. it's like 50 today, and it's warmer today than it has been, but everything is in bloom. And do yourself a favor and at least take a couple of drives out from town because... This is a beautiful part of the country. All right. Well, I'll leave you with two real typical interview questions. Thank you again so much for your time, Amy. I, I do so much appreciate it. Who's the one person you'd like to meet that you haven't met yet? Oh, my 
my goodness. Uh, James Taylor? I, I met him. Oh. Um, okay, then. Uh, somebody I would like to meet that I haven't met yet. Cher. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, you were you were big in the chair in like grade seven or something, weren't you? Six. Six, yeah. grade six. Yeah, I had a scrapbook on her. But just because, I don't know. Um, She's intriguing. Yeah. Just don't take any fashion advice from her. Yeah, well, we have different body types. but <laughs> um, And, yeah. I okay, think sure. I, th- I think sure. If it was if it was somebody in music, yeah. And uh, embarrassing moment. Got to give me one. Oh gosh, just in life. Yeah, just. God, I don't even. You know, I, I guess I've been embarrassed by things, but I. It's just. You don't seem like that kind of person, though. I don't think. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I. It's back to your dad's jeans. Back to my dad's jeans. I know. I guess I I do things that embarrass my kids all the time, but but I wouldn't be doing it if it embarrassed me. So. Well, we look forward to having you come up here in concert. Uh, my wife and I are going to come to uh, to the concert. Oh, good. Uh, we'll hope I have a good night. Fabulous. I'll see you there. Take care. Okay. Bye. Bye. Tremendous time there with Amy Grant. What a classy lady she is. It was great to have met her, and uh, she was just so genuine. You know, I, I hate to use this word sweet because <laughs> it just is overused, but she it really was. She was just tremendously sweet. How's that for sickening? Anyway, we're going to take a short break on our show. We'll come back with a talkback subject for you to wade in on. You are listening to The Drew Marshall Show. Stay with us. Like what you've heard? Listen again online at drewmarshall.ca.